This morning our scripture comes to us from the book of Romans chapter 8 verses 24 through 26 and 35 through 39. As we listen to this word of God, may our hearts and minds be opening to listening to what God has to say to us. We were saved in hope. If we see what we hope for, that isn't hope. Who hopes for what they already see? But if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it with patience. Who will separate us from Christ's love? Will we be separated by trouble or distress or harassment or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, we are being put to death all day long for your sake. We are treated like sheep for slaughter. But in all these things, we win a sweeping victory through the one who loved us. I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love in Christ Jesus our Lord. Not death or life, nor angels or rulers, not present things or future things, not powers or height or depth, or any other thing that is created. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's one of my favorite hymns. Thank you, choir. As Jessica mentioned last week, Eric and I launched this series called Faith, Hope, and Love. And we talked about how the early church is trying to figure out how they are to live their lives in light of Jesus. In the midst of wondering what they are supposed to eat and wear and think and act, in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul takes a step back from all these details, all these questions, and he shares three things of the utmost importance remain. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. These, he says, can guide everything else. And Eric shared that faith is believing in something enough to live into it. That's a sign of us having faith, is to step into it. But today we're going to step into hope. And I don't think that we can talk about hope without acknowledging fear. Because fear has a way of preventing us or at least inhibiting us from believing in the possibility of the things that we hope for to be able to become true. Now when I was a little girl, I went through a stage, it was a little bit long of a stage, of seeing monsters in my room at night. Shadows very quickly became real and alive to me. And there were times when I wanted so badly to get up and to run to my parents' bedroom, but fear actually kept me captured in my bed. I couldn't move. I became paralyzed with fear. Now, biologists have long known that fear is a tool for survival. The body, whether mammal or reptile, produces adrenaline 
as a response to stimuli that could cause you harm. And I thought that those monsters might actually harm me. But this increase of adrenaline that we experience allows our body to do things that if it was to do that for too long would become incredibly taxing on our bodies. Your blood pressure begins to rise, your muscles tighten down. We go into protection mode when we have fears. And this can be a really good thing if if there is a bear chasing you or you realize that you're truly in a dangerous situation. But when fears cause not just our bodies, but our hearts and our minds to react, this is when I believe that fear can actually begin to paralyze our hope. And if we are doing this all the time, it does become incredibly taxing to living lives of hope. We begin to push out the possibility for hope to enter into our lives. Just this past week, I was in a coffee shop and I overheard a mom talking with her daughter about how fear can impact our confidence. This girl couldn't have been more than 12 years old, and the mother was sharing about how fear can even inhibit us from even trying for something that we hope for or want. Maybe it's because we fear failure, or we fear what others might think of us or perceive of us if we're to name or acknowledge our hopes with others. This mom was having a moment with her her daughter of encouraging her to dream big and to set her hopes high. But what is it that we are hopeful for? I want you to go with me here for a minute. If you're a visual person, you can grab a, a prayer card in front of you or an offering card in front of you or you can write on your bulletin. But if you want to just do this in your head, that's okay too. But I want you to think for just a moment, if you're to think about what is it that you have hope for? What's something that has either been on your mind or been in your heart that that you have hope for? Do you have hope for a new car or for a new job? Do you hope that you can pay your bills? Is it okay for us to have hope for other people's lives, or are we only meant to have hope for our own lives? Do we hope for world peace, or that we can find a parking spot? What are we to hope for? Now, sometimes it's that we hope for something not to happen. You may find yourself at times saying, ooh, I really hope that that doesn't happen. And when we think this way, it's often coming from a place of fear. Maybe it's a fear of the unknown or a fear that it might require us to change or to adjust. In this reading from the book of Romans, there are several interesting things that are going on. First, Paul says that we don't hope for things that we can see. 
If we can see them, we have no need to hope for them any longer. At that point, it becomes a peace and an an assurance of a hope that we had. And the second very interesting piece is that there is a whole list of things that we often are fearful of. Hardship, trouble, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. And the encouragement is that in the midst of all the fear that lingers out there in the world, that we are invited to translate these fears into a hope. And even when we don't know exactly what to to say or or how to, to hope for something, what that looks like, the Scripture says that it's then that the, the Spirit intercedes with us. When we don't have those words that we feel like are adequate. Scripture says the Spirit groans. I love that word. On our behalf. When we don't even know what to say or what to, to vocalize. I believe that many of you would agree with me that we tend to live in some pretty stressful times. And even if you are one who is uh, devoted to a time of prayer each day, or you have some breathing exercises that you do, or yoga postures that you get into, or, or meditation, I bet you that there are many days that you get to the end and you realize that you have left no room for a moment to slow down, much less to be aware of what you might be hoping for. Our bodies breathe throughout the day to keep us alive, but usually we don't think of it as being life that we are receiving. Now, I want to invite you to do something with me. It's to take a breath. So take a deep breath in. Let it out. That was just a breath of life. There are many days where I get to the end of a day and I realize that I have not had a single sip of water. My day has been filled with coffee, coffee, usually another cup of coffee, and sometimes even a soda. But our bodies need water. And our bodies need breath. And our bodies need hope. For us to live fulfilled lives, we need hope. We do live with a lot of stress. Many of us don't often get enough rest. Some of us tend to have careless diets at times. And for many of us, we even have genetic predispositions that cause it to be hard for us to be aware. Our bodies can then begin to convince itself that it needs to operate in a panic mode. I'm sure you can think of a time in your life when that has been where you have been. Stress can actually can condition our bodies to use this state of fear as its normal state. In short, 
that's not good. <laughs> it's off balance. Where and, and how is hope to enter in when we are constantly in alert mode? When stress and fear takes control, we're like that little girl version of myself who is prepared to to see and receive every shadow or anything that I couldn't identify as a threat. Now, it's illogical to think that that shadow in the corner is a monster. But your brain says, what if it is? I have a quote on my fridge from Father Alfred D'Souza that reads this. For a long time, it had seemed to me that life was about to begin, real life. But there was always some obstacle in the way, something to be got through first, some unfinished business, time to be served, a debt to be paid. Then life would begin. At last, it dawned on me that these obstacles were my life. Life is continually the simultaneous contemplation of opposites. Birth and death, rich and poor, content and desperate, stability and change, beginning and end, fear and hope. These are not opposing forces, but recognizable points along the continuum of our lives. Yes, fear is necessary. Life has very real threats, dangers, pitfalls. And sometimes there are even monsters that are in dark corners We must choose to respond to real dangers, but only for the moment that it necessitates. Fear ought not to linger, or it will become a habit or a way of life. Life is change. It's evolution, growth, maturity, Death and resurrection. As people of faith, we are charged with looking for the new thing that God is doing in the midst of change. This is how we make room for hope to enter in. God says time and time again, I will be with you. Fear not. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. Do not live in fear. I am on your side. I will be with you. Go and do this sometime this week. Do a word search for the word afraid in the Bible. The hundreds of times that it's there, over half of them, it is preceded by the words, do not. Jeremiah 4.11 says, 
I know I have the plans in mind for you, declares the Lord. They are plans for peace, not disaster. To give you a future filled with hope. That does not mean that every moment is calculated out. Rather, it proclaims a life filled with hope will allow us to experience what God desires for us. When we make room for hope to enter into our lives. Hope is not about hoping for your opinion to be correct. Or that your wish will come true. But it's about facing the future unafraid. And with great expectancy. Hope is believing that in all things, God goes with us. And that God desires us to be filled with a hope, not with fear. I want to share with you some words that Rabbi Clifford LeBrock shared with his congregation about a God who invites us to have hope. These are some words he shared. In commanding our forefathers and foremothers, the community of Exodus and the community of the first temple to not be afraid, God does not say that there are no real dangers in life. No failures, no betrayals, no losses, no grief, no sin. There are real dangers, real enemies, and real burdens facing us. What God is commanding us is not naive turning away from real dangers. This is just foolishness. No, what God is commanding us is something much more difficult but much more enduring. God is telling us, commanding us to face and not fear these dangers. God is telling us not to be paralyzed by them. God cannot make the journey or each of its battles easy, but God can help to nurture and teach To hold up and lift up a level of courage that alone will help us complete the journey. And what is the source of this courage? The source of this courage to not be afraid is God. The source of the courage to face each day is God. In God is hope, and hope gives us courage, and courage kills fear. Courage trumps fear. Courage is more powerful than fear because God is more powerful than death. I want you to think back to either what you thought of or maybe something that you jotted down a moment of. Because I find that it is often true for our lives that sometimes we can't even get to what we hope for 
because of the fears that are holding us back. We hold on to things. We go into protection mode. And it inhibits us from offering ourselves fully to God. It inhibits inhibits us from fully being making room for hope to enter into our lives. And yet we hear today that God desires us a future filled with hope. Yes, those things are going to be there. There will be fears that, that linger that we have to deal with. Those things don't completely go away, but we do not go into those things alone. Our God is with us. So with whatever you had in mind or you wrote down, what is it that you might need to give over to God or let go of a fear so that you can live fully into the hope that God has for you? As we sing our last song, maybe just spend a moment offering that thing to God. If you want to come forward and kneel at the altar and even leave a a jotted note on the altar rail, you're welcome to do that. But throughout your week, may we all be aware of the fears that hold us back, where those are coming from, and be willing to step more fully into the hope that God has intended for each one of us. May it be so for us, today and all days. We serve a God of hope. Thanks be to God. Amen.